Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's exciting episode of Come Out and Play. Uh, Last week, we met robots, which was very exciting for everyone. And fought robots, which was a new experience. But there was various bits of cleverness, particularly from Maynard. So where you are at the start of this episode is technically speaking in another dimension. With voyeuristic intentions? That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> that that part is entirely up to you. You are in a pocket dimension uh, created by the rope trick spell. You have a small window in the floor of what I'm going to define as a white featureless void. Um, so a white featureless plane, rather. You have a small window in the floor, about three feet by five feet, through which you can see the world, as if you were looking down on it from about ten feet up, and you pulled the rope up so as to not get it destroyed by the tunneling machine, which has just passed beneath you. You also have, with you in this pocket plane, one uh, deactivated robot. What would you like to do? I'm going to poke my head out of the hole and check if it's safe to come down. Okay. You can see the back of the tunneling machine, which is still proceeding at that same measured pace. Um, the, the, the two surviving automatons, you, you know to be in front of it, although you can't particularly see them through the machine. Um, the floor is all torn up bits of rubble straight beneath you because the tunneling machine's gone through, but is perfectly passable. It's just going to be annoying to walk on. You don't see any further enemies, but the machines are still moving gradually away from you. Well, looks like they're going and, and continue on behind them. I mean, from where they came from, not going towards, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Just follow them back the way we came. <laughs> but, uh, well, let's hope we can find another way, way back. And I'm going to uh, climb, climb down the rope. Okay. Should we bring the robot with us or stash it somewhere, do you think? It's well, I'm going to bring That begs the question, why did you bring the construct into the hole? It's dead, and I just want to take a look at it. There's some fascinating metalwork here. Right. Um, well, you do you, I suppose. Are you doing that now? Um, no, I, I, I assume I will take a look when we break for camp. Okay, it, um, is, it is quite heavy. Okay. You're all already carrying your packs, which is fine, but this, this weighs... A person's worth of weight because uh, it's a lot of metal here. Hey, how so, large of a person's worth of weight does it weigh? It's probably somewhat less heavy than Trick. 
But <laughs> Trick is already carrying a trick-sized pack. Trick plus Trick's pack makes, I think, about half a ton. <laughs> um, Sorry, well, no, not yeah. half a ton. Um, I don't mean uh, not ton, brain. Not, but I think you are hitting 500 pounds in combination with your pack, which means you may be a challenge for the levitate spell should it ever come up again. <laughs> um, I no, me and my pack actually, I do weigh myself. Yeah, okay, we're, we're pushing 500. Yeah, like it's probably fine. I would, I think I would preemptively rule that if it's you and your standard pack, you could be levitated, but if you tried to do that while carrying anything notably large, it might be a problem. Oh, yeah, like I can probably pull another like 70 pounds on top of what I'm carrying already. Yeah, you and your pack and an anvil are probably not getting levitated. <laughs> yeah, or a robot as well. Or a robot. I mean, I mean, you, you, you can, between you, carry the robot and you're welcome to do so. You are going to be moving slowly if you choose to haul with you a robot. Anyway, I guess I will examine the robot here before we move on then. Yeah, you're, you're currently in a nice, flat, well-lit, non-place. Um, or you could um, carry it just a quarter mile or so to the next um, like camping spot slash passing place that they have every so often on this road. Yeah. Up to you. Depends how much you trust Maynard's rope trick. Uh, I'll just, if, if it's alright with everyone, I'll just examine it here so we don't have to schlep it and pretend, potentially run into enemies while carrying a large, heavy robot. Going how on? much room do we have inside of the little rope trick area? It can hold up to eight people. There's no, like, size uh, thing? It's got about three people's worth of space left. <laughs> Which I would say is enough to lay a robot down on the floor and tinker with it. I should think so. Then but I will do so. You're not really having any baseball games, but you're fine. You can do so. Uh, I, is there anything in particular? I mean, I assume you're kind of trying to take it apart for salvage. Uh, yeah, and I'm also just trying to see if I can learn anything useful from how it was put together and uh, and like how learn anything about the dwarvish metalworking techniques. Okay. Um, hmm. Let's take a look at your stats. Because I don't want to like make this unnecessarily difficult if you've got a good one for it. Mm -hmm. I do have Smith's tools, if those are helpful. Yeah, I, I, I would say those would help. Um, what are you prioritizing? Because we'll, we'll do different roles for the different things. So are you, which thing are you doing first? I'm prioritizing learning about Dwarvish metalworking techniques. Cool. Uh, in which case, roll an intelligence check and you can add two for your Smith's tools. Okay. Ooh, that's a 19. Hey, hey. Um, so you pretty quickly figure out the pattern of, of how the catches are built to let you take off quite a lot of the armor plates and get to the innards. Um, this started existence as, you're pretty sure, a suit of armor that was then both enchanted and filled with mechanisms. So this is a, a magically powered construct. There is a large diamond inside the chess piece which is no longer glowing but you think was the source 
of the arcane light you could see while it was operational and that you think is is where the spells were were anchored to to make it move there are also complex gears at various key places that look enchanted like they were providing this didn't have a single centralized control point there are multiple enchantments and multiple mechanisms all connected together to make the whole thing move um which makes you think that you could for in, not 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 necessarily you personally but whoever created this could have for instance just made an arm that stuck out of a wall and did something didn't didn't have to make a whole body um the cogs inside are very fine work um they're very precisely put together through you think a combination of you know, there was clearly some filing and polishing done to get all the teeth exactly right, but you think this is mainly very good casting. You could certainly salvage um, entire handfuls of cogs if you wanted them, although I don't think you have any particular skill with clockwork that would make that very useful to you. Uh, you could take out the diamond. Uh, you might be able to take out everything and have some armor which might or might not have a surviving enchantment on it if you did that hmm what type of armor plate i would like to take everything out <laughs> i am although i understand if that would require me to bring it with us to camp uh instead of yeah just I mean, it, it probably it probably will take more than the hour that this spell lasts okay. to completely strip it out and make it usable as armor. Okay. Um, well, we've been traveling for some time today, right? Because we had that battle on the bridge, and then we came down yeah. here and I did mean, all this. I have, so I been being precise, but I think you've probably been going for four to six hours. Okay. So we well, could lug it, lug it to the next stopping point, and got it. Yeah. So Ember, Ember opens the the robot up and starts looking around at all the pieces and just, oh, this is going to take so much longer than I thought to be as precise as I want to be. Um, I've changed my mind. I'm taking it with me. And, and I will oh. sort of tie it on to my back with some of my rope that I have. Um, I can, I mean, I, I can just, you can tie a, a loop around it and I can just levitate it again. Mm. I mean, it, I'm guessing levitate is not a cantrip, so... It is not. Yeah. No, but... Why use spell slots if we don't have to? All right. You're the, you're the one who's carrying it, I suppose. Yep. I think we can manage it. Yeah. Right. Between you, you can, you can get it. You can lug it the uh, quarter mile or so to the next stopping place without, without a problem. I don't... I don't think you need to roll for that or anything. It's annoying work because it's heavy and what was previously a lovely smooth road surface has been completely ruined. <laughs> previously you had a nice level road in an otherwise round tunnel. Now you have a round tunnel in which the bottom three feet is full of rubble. Oh, excellent. And it's a pain. Um, but it does go back to being a road after a few hundred yards. Oh, 
So it doesn't look like it's not like this machine started at the end of the road and has been working its way down ever since. You passed something, and you you some you or something somehow triggered it mm. into trying to come and get you. Mm. Explains a few things. I'd be right. left behind traps or something. It does strike me that the uh, dwarves were inclined to something of a assault the earth strategy for abandoning the cities. Very much so. Yes. Rick, because you're thinking along these lines, roll me a perception check, please. Who me? Yeah, huh? Good at that. That's one of the ones I'm good at. I love it. 16. Okay. Now you're thinking about it, you remember that partway along this, this ruined stretch, you saw a patch of rubble that was somewhat compressed and leveled out compared to the rest. Hmm. In a way that is that, in a way commensurate with the machine got that far and then stopped on top of the rubble it made because its its drill bits are ahead of the bulk of the machine, so it crushes the rubble somewhat behind it. Right, like it, it had, yeah, it, like it had like it had previously done this same roll forward and try and attack things and then stopped yeah. and rested for however long. All right. I'll keep that to myself, between me and the listeners. You reach a stopping point. It is essentially a large niche carved in the side of the tunnel. Um, so you have the otherwise rounded tunnel, and then stretching off level with the road that has just started to be a road again is an area that is maybe 20 foot deep by maybe 40 foot long. There is... Not a lot of you know. It's mo. It's fairly featureless, except that it does have uh, a trough, um, low to the ground, with a um, a spigot over it, like a watering trough. That's a good sign. Does it work? It sputters a little, um, but whatever is powering it does. After a couple of sputters give you some water. Um, you are pretty sure that this is magically powered rather than actually technically plumbed into anything. That would make sense. Um, although, come to think of it, you could get a hell of a head on your water tower <laughs> <laughs> in a dwarf home. Like, my goodness. Fantastic <laughs> so, pressure for the showers. Well, underground river in the first place. Okay. <laughs> um... Well, that's good. We can fill yeah. up, which is good because I imagine, I imagine if we've gone on this endeavour, we must have been expecting some amount of water along the way. Because I can't imagine yeah, you, you can't have set off with two full weeks worth of water. No. So it's always a relief to find that there is more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to not have to worry about whether you're going to run out today. Yeah, given that we are not going to experience any rainfall. Hmm. No, it seems unlikely. No. Oh, that's right. I'm, uh, I'm quite content to sit down and let, uh, let Ember play with, play with their new toy. <laughs> okay. I'll never complain okay. about a chance to rest my feet. Ember, would you like to roll me mm, some, some kind of being might, a smith check? Might I suggest dexterity 
with proficiency because of proficiency with smith stools. That seems like a, the way to do it, yeah. All right. Uh, that is a 17. Pretty good. That is pretty good. Um, you do crack some of the more delicate cogs. Okay. Um, getting them out. So you haven't managed to disassemble it in such a way that you could just put it back together. There would have to be some, some repairs to bits that you technically kind of broke getting them out. Mm-hmm. And some of the smaller struts that connected the armor plates to the mechanics have not survived the experience. Um, but you are able, over the course of probably two or three hours, to essentially decant all of the inner workings of this robot so that you have a pile of robot cogs and some gemstones and magical gearings, and then separately, a pile of armor that they previously animated. Cool. There is attached to the back plate of the armor um, is the large diamond that you think was powering it. And as you're working, you think there's, there's some degree of enchantment left. Uh, you're not sure what it would do, um, but it, something. Or you can choose to price that diamond off, and then you'd have a diamond. I could take care of that. Mayor, yeah. the last time you touched a fancy rock, you you it didn't go. You've been well. touching it for ages, and you're fine. I mean, yeah. To be fair, and also the last time he touched a fancy rock, he was acceded into he was acceded into the monarchy. So I'm not sure you can really call that a bad outcome at all. <laughs> <sighs> well, when it happens to you, you tell me how good it is. I understand in other in other countries people marry people people do people marry well for that sort of opportunity. Hmm. Well, they're right. <laughs> well, if you uh, are comfortable with the risk and wouldn't mind taking a look, I would really appreciate that. And if it's no use, the diamond certainly could be. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would like to cast identify. Mm-hmm. Set up my little ritual place with my crystals and my stuff and my... Oh no, I don't have a pearl. What happened to your pearl? Oh, it's not used up, is it? No. Oh, yes, and I still have a pearl. Yay! <laughs> you set yourself up and you spend your ten minutes casting Identify as a ritual and you reach out and you touch the diamond and nothing weird happens. Cool. Uh, you learn that this, this is anchoring the remains of what was quite a strong and sophisticated uh, flying enchantment. Um, It is not enough to let the wearer of the armor actually fly. It's enough to make them kind of bouncy. It it cannot sustain the flight. Um, It will let you do very short hops on the order of about five seconds worth of flight. So essentially, you can use this to move vertically during your turn, but you must land at the end of your movement. Because if you have not landed at the end of your movement, you will fall. Love it. Love everything about it. (laughs) You can use it to do cool backflips over people's heads, uh, but you cannot use it to fly away. Okay. So I, I, I turn to Ember and I say, well, if you wear this armor and you 
attuned to it, you can jump, sort of float for a little bit and then come back down. So it's not quite a jump spell. It's not quite a, a, it's not quite a fly spell. It's not quite a levitate spell. It's something all between that. Oh, well, that's kind of fun. Kind of like if you jump while you're in the bottom of a pool, you'll go up and then you'll come down, but it'll be slower. Nifty. Wait, hang on a second. Hold, hold on just a second. I have, I have gotten in, I have gotten in a, I have gotten in a pond before. I don't know about you, but I could not, I, I, don't, I think if I went to the bottom of the pool and then I jumped, I would stay up. Do you not float? Hang on. <laughs> No, I is mean, it true? If you duck a, if you duck a witch, do they heavy. just think? If you're wearing something heavy or holding something. No, you know what? I'll take that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I imagine... Question my physics. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the armour is not exactly wearable right now, given us attacking it. Or is it, like... It's battered, and it would certainly cosmetically benefit from having the dents smoothed out and things like that. Um, but when you, you know, what you broke in order to make the thing not functional anymore was more of the innards than, than the armor plates itself. Oh. So cool. it does have a couple of big dents in the breastplate that are going to be uncomfortable and are going to rub, but it's wearable. Okay. Ember will try on this armor and sort of get a feel for where all the dents are. There's one like really annoying one right in the left elbow that you are, you are definitely going to want to beat that out when you get to a forge. For sure. Well, neat. I'll probably take a handful of cogs as well, just to fiddle with but yeah and several you know there are several sort of clusters of cog that look enchanted not that you have the knowledge to do anything with them but mm-hmm. it could be saleable potentially yeah They're interesting cool you have armor of yeeting <laughs> <laughs> armor of yeeting all right I mean, what you actually have is the armor equivalent of a beaten up old rant line driver that will stall after 100 yards <laughs> but as long as you're willing to keep turning it on again, technically it works. <laughs> technically. Technically. Technically it works. Kinda. Regardless, it works as armor. It does work as armor. Cool. So are we taking a rest here? I mean, mm. I would say everyone except Ember has had the benefit of a short rest. Um, whether you also want to take a long rest while you're here is up to you. Would we be able to get to another... Um... Yeah, you area like this. Passing these um, resting spots every half a mile or so. Oh, okay. We could keep going for a while. So we're just stopped in this lay-by, are we? You are stopped in a lay-by. You are stopped. You are in a single carriageway road between high cliffs, like they have down <laughs> in Somerset, and you're in a passing place. I try not to. I try not to sit anywhere that looks sticky. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since then. <laughs> Really using this that could leave sticky spaces. All right, it's been. I assume we've had our second casting of aid. 
on that clock. About, call it five hours, maybe six of travel so far today. You could fit in another couple before you long rested or you could rest. I mean, you are down here where there's no real... Yeah, but we've we've been established. We've established that we've been kind of trying to go to two aids worth of travel. I think it's aid, isn't it? I think that's what I've been using. Because aid lasts about six hours or something. Yeah, so you, you would probably want to recast it now, given the time that you've spent um, dismantling yeah. the robot. Not eight hours, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so, you lost some time off it because of robot. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go another aid's worth, and, um, and then, we'll, then we'll rest up. I don't see any reason to stop super early. None of us are that badly, badly off, are we? No, I... No. Can't attack super hard anymore, but I can still swing my my uh, battle axe. There we go. That's the word. Mm. <laughs> I won't be able to cast major on, uh, on myself, but uh, I'm otherwise fine. I'm good to go. Well, um, I, I might recommend calisthenics, saw training, toughening up a bit, but <laughs> I'm good to go. I'm as I'm as fresh as a daisy. So let's keep moving. Okay, and off you go. And it's tedious and monotonous as as it always has been. Um, uh, have any of you ever heard a guitar string snap? Oh God, I've had a cello A string snap. It is the oh. it is the noise of a musical string snapping, and then it is. Almost immediately, you have just enough time to go, oh shit. <laughs> when it is followed by a sound of a very large, very heavy object falling from the ceiling. I put a rock on the pedal. Oh! And rolling towards you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see the magical tripwire, but you sure as heck see the ah. Wide ball of stone that is rolling down the gently sloping road towards you. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, we, gotta go we gotta go back, back. It is moving fast. It is moving very fast. It is currently 120 feet away and it is moving half of that in a round. Oh. <laughs> the rules for this trap suggest I should get you to roll initiative. <laughs> 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 sure, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so 15 for me. Which one? Nice. Oh, thank God I'm not first. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Maynard, Ember, Trick in that order. Yeah. Real Maynard, Ember, and Trick. The Sphere rolls initiative with a plus eight bonus. What? <laughs> 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 and it rolled a 19 so that this. This large ball of rock has an initiative of 27. Incredible. Yeah, on its turn, <laughs> which is... <laughs> the sphere rolls down the gently sloping road that you are on. It is now 60 feet from you and moving at about 60 feet around. You are, I'm going to roll a dice to see, just over halfway between um, passing places because I rolled a 12. So. It's going to be a good quarter of a mile plus a bit if you want to run back to the last passing place you saw. Um, 
which is not impossible. I'm just making sure you have all the facts. Uh, Rill, you are the, the, the fastest non-sphere object on the board. <laughs> I don't have a uh, this. It's a flat, straight road. There's you right. in the ball. Um, okay. How quickly is it rolling towards us? Like, is this something that we could stop? It's just covered. It, it is. It is. It will have covered sixty feet by the end of the round. Okay. Real looks at his his noodle arms and wishes wishes briefly that he had listened <laughs> to Ember or Trick when they were talking about you know calisthenics and things <laughs> in that nature, and then dismisses that as the boulder gets even closer and he just turns around and books it uh, back <laughs> down the tunnel. Okay, and, and I will uh, use my um, I will dash. Like, yeah, so at your full movement and then using your action to move again, I believe you can also move at sixty feet. Yes. Yeah. So you you are sprinting away from the boulder, uh, Maynard. <laughs> Real just legged it. <laughs> uh, I guess that I'm going to have to take the same action as well because if I try and do anything else, I will lose thirty feet of movement, and the boulder will crush me. I don't have a spell for this. Maynard, if you have a spell for this, I'd love to hear about it. I only have one thing that I could possibly do, and it's a long shot. Uh, what is it? Use the Wand of Secrets and see if we can find a secret door or trap or something. That's a really long shot, and the option, if it does not work, is uh, that you, you get know, trust underneath the boulder. You know, six seconds is so little conversation. It really is. Uh, Trick and Ember, while these two are discussing Wands of Secrets, while they sprint away, you are both up. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woodsman and a soldier. How, how far apart did you say the rest stops were? Uh, they are about half a mile between, and you are about halfway between them because I rolled a, I rolled to see how far you were between stops, and it was twelve. So you're now about a quarter of a mile from the last stop. Even before, even before, even before, um, doing the old couch to five k, I could manage a quarter mile run. Um, yes. I'm going on a nice quarter mile run. <laughs> okay, so you you are you are you are booking it with your cleric and wizard. And I gotta say, unless you have a very unless you have interesting and developing ideas for what this boulder's gonna do, I think this might this might be a less <laughs> combat time situation now. <laughs> well, it depends whether Ember's got a cunning plan. Yeah. Do you have a cunning plan, Ember? No. I'm just <laughs> like, gonna also run occasionally bouncing into the air with style <laughs> yeah i'm gonna fancy run okay you're all sprinting i'm just looking something up that's not a good sign always a good sign <laughs> okay so you will need to be sprinting at full tilt for 22 rounds oh which I feel gets into the constitution check zone. That's fair. I don't know. Just I, I, I'm happy for, you know. I feel like straight sprinting for like, that would be several minutes. Yeah, right? yeah that is. Um, yeah, that is maintaining a pretty hefty sprint. That's a seven mile per hour sprint for for a good while. Yeah, uh, I feel like a constitution check yeah. is. I think might just be a constitution situation i think you might be right yeah i'm, I'm not trying to be unreasonable but it's oh no no a, i think that's just quite yeah, a I think... for especially for our non-soldiers yeah yeah i i, I quite agree like 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 uh, are we doing a save a or a check i mean it's 
athletics, surely. <laughs> athletics, maybe? It, yes. Mm. It, yeah. Athletics is probably actually the right thing for it. All right. Go, go, minus one strength. Hell yes. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, no. 23. <laughs> oh. Damn, Amber. So I rolled nine. Oh, I did too. Okay. I think I missed the last person. Yeah. So, Rill, you're just getting out of breath because yeah, after about 30 seconds of sprinting, you're like, I feel like I've been sprinting a long time and I'm kind of getting out of breath. Mm-hmm. Um, Trick, you're also getting out of breath and you're just much more annoyed about it because it's been like 30 seconds. You're getting out of breath. You thought you'd been keeping on top of your condition better than this and you're mad about it. It's possible that while we've been on the road, I have turned 40. Yeah, which is frankly unfair and you resent it. That this should not be having any kind of effect on your physical stamina. Also, also I am a bit good as well. What you're saying is you'd rather be doing this on a horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this on a horse, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Sadly. If I've got to sprint a quarter of a mile, I'd much rather do it on a horse. Sadly, <laughs> you don't have a horse. You've do made I? it a quarter of the distance you think you need to make it. You and Rill are starting to fall behind. Okay, hang on. This, this boulder uh-huh. is, a, is a sphere. Yes. In a semi-cylindrical tunnel. Yes. This boulder, as you have astutely noticed, does not perfectly fill the space. Great. I think what I'm going to do is, I think this is a a high-tension situation. I'm going to try and grab Rill and press us both to the um, corner of the tunnel. Cool. What? Well, I don't... I don't. I don't know that you have the presence of mind to receive to receive to receive instructions. And no, I he doesn't. Rilla just thinks you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> Slap both of us against the against the tunnel wall. Well, no, in uh, to the floor. I'm tackling you, basically. <laughs> oh, good. This is helpful. <laughs> I'm basically rugby tackling Rill, but but for his own. <laughs> yeah, and you're trying to tuck both of you into like the corner of the wall and the floor. Yeah. Would you please both roll a dexterity saving throw? And I'm sort of figuring that at the very least, if I don't do if if I don't do good, I'll wind up on the outside. Um, would they at this point be within ten feet of Ember? I don't think so. I think I we've think established height probably about thirty feet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, if, unless you've dropped back to keep down with them, no. I think Ember at this point has not noticed that they are. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Slower. What was Trick's roll? Oh, sorry, fifteen. Okay. So, Rill, you're the one that's closest to the corner, and you kind of press against the wall and close your eyes and hold your breath because you're like, "There's <laughs> Trick. There's a boulder. There's all you could do is hide, and you're fine." Trick. You are pressed up as close to Rill and the wall as you can get, and you are acutely aware of being a big person who takes up a lot of space. (laughs) As the sphere, like, ruffles your hair as it rolls past, and maybe clips your heel before you tuck it in. But you are now both 
safely behind the sphere because it was uh, you have both rolled just about high enough in Trick's case. Real, you're fine. Um, <laughs> the sphere is rumbling away from you and is now between you and your friends. Right, if we don't get fanfic now, I don't know what more I can offer you. <laughs> um, uh, like once the bo- I think I, I think it takes me a second once the boulder's passed to be like, I am not crushed. I love that for me. And then, oh shit, Ember, and also to a lesser extent, Maynard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. It's nothing. Per- <laughs> like, Ember is my sibling. Like something personal, mate. And so I guess I'll take off after the boulder. <laughs> Okay. Driven by the messenger's tits. Don't ever do anything <laughs> like that again. You're welcome. <laughs> Ember and Maynard, you, you, you become aware that Trick and Rill are gone? Like, you're sure they were right behind you a moment ago, and now they are not, and the ball still is. Hmm. Uh, looking around, does it look like I would have the clearance to just tuck around to the side because you, you you are absolutely free to try the same thing yes okay i will do that roll me a dex saving throw please yeah that is gonna be um and i am in fact within 10 feet of myself um race is a really interesting philosophical question if you're not <laughs> we, can bring back, we can bring the clone question back on the table if we like, absolutely have to. <laughs> uh, that's a 21, and as I'm doing that, I'm going to yell to Maynard, uh, to the side! You make it look really cool. Like, you're sprinting, and then you go diagonally, and then you kind of roll and twist and tuck yourself in against the wall, facing outwards, so you can watch this ear go past your face with, like, at least a foot and a half of clearance from between you and the ball, and you feel so stylish. Maynard, you witnessed this extremely cool move, and now there's just you in a rolling sphere. <laughs> okay. Um, you see, the, 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 the sphere doesn't completely block the passageway. Is it no, possible I can see any space behind it? Um. Mm. That I realistically would be free of boulder when I... Yeah, if you go there. Yes, but you will have to tuck up close to the wall to do it and also be looking behind you. So I think you will lose some distance from the boulder in order to do it, but yes. Cool. I use benign transposition to teleport behind the boulder. That's a thing I can do. Yep. To an unoccupied space you can see. (laughs) (laughs) The right version of it to do, because the alternative is you swap with someone else. And I feel like picking one of your friends who's just dodged a boulder. (laughs) <laughs> with them so they have to dodge it twice <laughs> be a good way to lose friends <laughs> okay so i'm imagining this like like embers run to the wall and you're like maynard to the side and maynard just sort of stays there like sort of peering around the side of the boulder until it's like a, like a couple of feet away from his face and then just sort of pops over to the other side and with a terrified look on his face <laughs> <laughs> just just pops 10 feet behind the boulder you're like did I like it? Am I good? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so, having just escaped certain death, I have been pegging it behind this boulder, terrified for your collective well-being, and then I see you fucking teleport behind the boulder, and you see Trick just like out of breath, hands on knees, staring at you. 
you could do that the whole time? <laughs> I I wasn't sure I had the space. It was a it was a risk. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. As I turn into Gonzo from Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> 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 the best mother movie. Did you forget your jelly beans? <laughs> <laughs> for those of our audience who don't recognise that reference, just go and watch Muppet Christmas Carol because it's great. <laughs> You'll understand later. <laughs> Congratulations, you have all survived the rolling ball of death. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, that's what I like to hear. Right, uh, Rill's fine, by the way. Yeah, I'm fine. Rill says from like a hundred feet behind as he's just like, jogging towards babes. them. <laughs> as your come to think of it, as your dancing lights slowly drift towards us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a oh god. Because for the two in front of the boulder, what that was was just like the boulder, and this is why. I tell you what, though. This is you what. couldn't actually see that space. It was fucking dark back then. No, 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 it's fine. Because Rill was coming, right? Rill was coming behind. Yeah, yeah they were following. That's following fair, me. that's fair. Yep. And that's why Maynard couldn't tell until the last moment that, that there, there was somewhere to go to. Because it was because suddenly he could see the light coming from yeah. behind the thing. I'm glad we've logicked this away. <laughs> you hear a, a, a loud but mercifully distant crunch as as the ball just rolls into the edge of the of something further down and presumably stops. It oh. doesn't mash you against any walls. Aren't you lucky? We should nip oh, down wow. or that it's not, you know, blocking everything now. Oh. Well, I guess we should keep a bit better eye out for traps then. Yeah. Yeah, I should say. Come on then. We'll, we'll have a wander back. Make sure there's still a way through. You, you have a wander back and... It has, as you might have guessed, it, it, it's gone slightly off true, so it wasn't quite rolling dirt. It was doing a little bit of bouncing off the walls and has bounced into the next rest stop space and halted, been halted by the wall of that. Um, it, it's, it's blocking some of the road, but only about half, you know, five feet worth of, of road is blocked. It, it's perfectly possible. Ah, there you go. That'll do. Well, uh, let them know they're not going to be bringing a cart up here, but. They probably weren't anyway. <sighs> yeah, maybe we should take a proper rest next uh, at the next stop. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm pretty, yeah. pretty exhausted now. And we got the chance to fill up our water a minute ago, so I'm not as worried about the pace. Okay, you you move on to the next stop that is not occupied by a reminder of near death, <laughs> and <laughs> take a rest for the night. Oh, we're absolutely fine. Lovely. And you eat your your boring trail rations, and you drink your water, and you sleep on your well, on your bed rolls, which is at least slightly better than literally a stone floor. And at some point, you wake up feeling rested, and you're like, "Well, I guess it's morning." Yeah. It's eight hours later. That's what matters. It, it is morally speaking, morning. What the sun is doing, we really don't know. I wish I was playing Exalted. I'd always know what time it was. <laughs> and would I that think help? There's a feat you can take that uh, can do that. Oh, yeah. 
don't know what it is, but I know it's out there. I spent so long playing Solar Exalted and just being able to spend, in essence, any time to know exactly what position the sun was in. Mm. Miss that. Um, before we get to move on, while we're like eating breakfast and uh, you know everything, um, can I look through uh, some of the letters I brought with me to see if there's anything in there about these robots or traps or anything else we've run into? Do you want to describe the letters that you are looking through? Uh, yeah. Uh, while everybody else is, you know, having breakfast and, uh, folding up their blankets and everything else like that, Rill's going to pull out some, um, old letters from his pack, and he, uh, keeps them wrapped up, like, very carefully, and, uh, he, like, unties the ribbon that's around them and sort of smooths them out and, uh, calls up a dancing lights, just for, like habit at this point because nobody else can see anything so he just kind of has them dancing around so what everyone else is seeing is these do look you're, you're not familiar with you know the kind of paper that's being used it doesn't look like it's wood pulp paper but it does look yellowed and and stiffened uh with age and really is handling these these sheets of of paper very carefully um they are handwritten in the elvish script um in in dark ink and they definitely do not look like they're a book or anything like that they look like what they are they look like letters real as you're looking through you don't remember anything about robots from previous readings of these letters and you don't see anything on this this glance through either um what does catch your notice is that there is some talk of battle plans in amongst the um, personal content. There is some talk of the battle plans. The force that came through here, their hope was to essentially attack the city from behind because the city was more fortified from the surface and especially the actual entrance was quite small so there was a, a a considerable fortification around essentially one tunnel that they believed ran for quite a long time before it really got into the city proper and they would have to fight the whole distance to make any progress so what they were attempting coming through from underground was to breach the cavern wall into the the living part of the city rather than have to assault its defences. and Of course, it'd be far easier. Yeah. And then they would be doing urban fighting and, you know, trying to find the more vital parts of the city, but at least they wouldn't be facing rows of ballistae to do it. There is uh, one mention that if they're driven back, then they expect any second assault to have to deal with um, hasty fortifications of whatever breach they've made. Um, and that, that would and and whatever traps and beasts and machines the dwarfs can bring up to defend it. Okay. All right. Um, well, we'll look through these and and put them back uh, in the proper order and fold them uh, fold them up and and put the uh, ribbon back on them carefully and uh, tuck them back into his bag. 
Well, I think we're on the right track as far as um, following the path into the town, as it were. Uh, we should be on the lookout for uh, more traps and things like that. Any last-ditch efforts they might have made. How much further to go, do you think? Uh, did I get a sense of that, Ben? Because you're in this road with really no landmarks, it's it's hard to tell. I'm not sure. Okay. Are, are you setting off again? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, once again, because you are now on the lookout for things, I would like someone to roll me a perception check. Ideally, someone who is in front. But I will also accept Rill on the grounds that he can see in the dark. <laughs> I will do that. Uh, that's a dirty 20. Well, hey, hey. After several hours of walking, I mean, you, there was a big gap between the last traps and, and defences, and there's, once again, quite a big gap before you notice anything strange. But after a couple of hours, you're coming up towards another of these rest stops that you've been passing routinely the whole time you've been on this road. But this one, you can see in the shadows, there's something in it. There are three weird shapes. You're not sure what they are at first until they, you know, you're, you're peering at them and they gradually resolve into what look like very large crossbows pointing out across the road. So they're set in the rest stop and they're pointing across the width of the roadway. Yeah. Does anybody feel like trying to uh, untrick some traps? How far ahead are they? How far can you see in the dark, Rill? Uh, 120 feet, I believe. Then they're 120 feet. <laughs> Give us some light. On the basis that you can, I believe, send your dancing 120 feet. Yep, I will move them forward. Um, I've, I figure a blister is the sort of thing... This is the sort of thing I've I've had some ex some experience. I would say you you have you have definitely seen a ballista. You have probably I don't know whether you've faced a ballista, but you've probably been standing behind a ballista as it fires at the big nasty thing. That's what I was thinking. So I'm probably conscious of the fact that ballistas are designed such that it doesn't matter that you're wearing armor necessarily. <laughs> yes. I will put aside the uh, the the paladin's disarm for the moment. <laughs> I kind of I say, well, hold on, let's have a think. That last rock, and actually the things that came after us. Do you think they were on magical triggers? I mean, if they've lasted this long, right, or like mechanical. Maybe. So, I mean, I think partially so. close. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a boulder. It was probably mechanical. And he heard that twang. Right, okay. So, Maynard? Yes. You can, like, see magic, right? I can cast a spell to see magic. Uh, close enough. Okay. Just, like, see what you can see. Although, what Trick doesn't know... Is that I'm pretty yeah, detect magic detect magic is out to thirty feet. <laughs> but Trick doesn't know that. I need to get closer, so I mean, I presume the trap's probably closer to the ballista, you know, the trigger for it. One of those things can go pretty far 
Um, but I mean, would you be able to see the trigger if the trigger's? Oh, you know what? It's easier this way. I take out my wand of secrets, mm. and I start walking towards the ballista. It's been a while since I read the description for the wand of secrets, so I'm gonna just remind myself of what it what it does. Uh, okay, it is not a general pointer. While holding it, you can use an action to expend one charge. And if a secret door or trap is within 30 feet, the wand uh, points at the one nearest to you. Okay. Oh, I'm going to take it in 30-foot increments. Okay. I am trusting the wizard to know what he is doing. <laughs> so 30 feet, and I will use the wand. It does not... doesn't um, ping. Okay. I'll go another 30 feet. Right, so you're now 60 feet from the, the nearest of the ballista, and the mm -hmm. one does ping. It's 120 feet away, right? You started 120 feet away, so you've done it 120. Ah. You've done it at 19, you've <laughs> done it at 60. Charges. I don't have enough charges for this. <laughs> it's just at the map. <laughs> but if it goes as far as 30 feet, then we can throw rocks at them. Okay. Also, if it goes close, then... you can cast Detect Magic, so you'll be all right. And another 30 feet. And the one points at the nearest ballista. <laughs> well, that was helpful. <laughs> well, at least it... So it doesn't point anywhere else. It points directly to the machine. It points directly to the machine, yeah. Suggesting to you that this ballista may be a trap. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> and I will then cast Detect Magic. So you are 30 feet from the nearest ballista. Um, they're probably set 10 feet apart. So you can only see the nearest one, but you can see a, a glow of, of some kind of magical um, device attached to the ballista and a, a very faint glitter in the air. The, the ballista is pointing directly across the roadway. And there's this very faint line running from the device attached to the blister across the roadway through the air. I shout back. There's, it is, it is a magical trap. I can see where to set it off. All right. Are we good to move up closer? Yeah, up to where I'm standing is safe. Then. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. I think we'll follow. So, what are you thinking? Are we going to try and lob something, see if it will set it off, or...? Um, I could... Oh. Shoot a firebolt at it. I mean, you, you could do that. Um, <laughs> Ben? Yeah? Uh -huh. You say they're, like, like, set out, like, into the rest stop kind of thing? The ballistae are in the rest stop, like... If you were walking level with the wall, you could walk right past them because they're in the niche. Mm. But they are just pointing straight out over the road. They've not like been carefully angled to aim them or anything. They are pointing at 90 degrees across the road at 10 foot intervals. Okay. But so all I'm wondering is, uh, the thing is, I have, so tell me, you say you can see where we can set them off, right? That's right. Where, where is that? Are they, like, going to turn and track, or...? I don't know. It's kind of 
like a trigger wire made of magic. Does it go like right across from them though? Yeah, it goes from the front of the ballista all the way across the hallway into the wall. It's not like a like a screen or anything, it's a line. Well then could we not just, I don't know, walk up like near it and just chop the chop the cord? Well it's it's a magic cord, so you'd need to dispel the magic. I I can't I do that. Can you'd you either trigger works? it or avoid it. Do you think something bad is going to happen if I walk up sort of near it, but not in front of it? Like, you say you can see where it can shoot, so... I can see where it's triggered. Right. Not where it's going to shoot. I mean, okay, but... Uh, you know what, I think I can solve this problem. (laughs) Alright. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, can I cast Dispel Magic on the ballistas, please? What's the range? Uh, the range is 120 feet. Then, yes. Uh, but you, I assume you would have to do them one at a time. Uh, yes. Yeah, I have to do it one at a time. Okay. Which is unfortunately going to take a lot of my spell slots. Although, I mean, as again... We, as we discussed last week, Dispel Magic doesn't cancel an enchantment. Is this an enchantment? You can't, just, you can't broadly make a magic item not magic just by... Oh, yeah, well, I thought that, like, the trigger for it was considered a magical effect. It, it's an enchantment effect. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, well, never mind. I can't do anything about it then. Sorry. Never no. mind. I mean, mag- magical effect is, like, yeah, any... Sp- oh, yeah, that's right. Choosing creature or magical effect, any spell with it or whatever it is. Um, I mean, if they're, if they're regular ballista and not yet magical reloading ballista, we could just set them off and make sure we're out of the way. Or destroy them. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I look. So you're saying you're saying that I'm not going to trigger it unless I walk right in front of it, yeah? And you hit that magical line, yes. Right. Well, I'm going to walk slowly towards it. Sorry, that's out of character. I'm going to start walking slowly towards it, checking back Maynard in case I'm about to walk into this invisible line. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Now you know how real feels. Yep. I have my shield up, just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, hang on. So, I figure it's in this rest space. Oh, how recessed is it from the road? Um, it, it is set a few feet back, um, but there is clear space all around it. Right, right. Uh, hang on, there's clear space all around it. Mm-hmm. Can I go behind it? Yeah. Cool. Like you, you walk up to it with, with an understandable tension because a ballista is not something you want to meet in a dark alley, which is literally where you are. And you sidle sideways and it doesn't go off and, and then you're behind it and it hasn't gone off and you can see that there's a ballista with some kind of repeating mechanism that can probably only hold six bolts and right. some kind of, of you haven't the first idea how it works, which means it's probably ma- magical, um, semi-mechanical thing that reloads it and presumably produces that triggering enchantment. You right. wouldn't be able to guess which bits do which. No, no. I'll tell you what I can get. I'll tell you what I, what bit I can guess does what. Uh huh. 
um, the cord of the ballista. Yeah. I'm sure that's very important for propelling the bolt. Um, so I'm going to get, ooh, as far back as the reach of my arms and sword will allow, because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to get in the face with a um, ballista-loaded oh. rope. Yeah. And you can see that and... this is a, 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 a twisted metal cord, which is presumably how it's kept tension this long. Ooh. Actually, come to think of it as metal, I don't feel as good about that. I'll tell you what I will do, though. That bolt. What's the bolt uh-huh. made on? Metal of some kind. Mm. Well, you know what? This is fine. I'm going to um, I'm gonna keep a fairly light grip on my sword. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to lose a hand. Mm-hmm. I can just push the bolt out of true. Roll me a dex. Dex check. Yeah. I'd love to roll a dex check. I like that I've, I've probably just like, I, th- I feel like I've now slipped kind of like into the in out of where people can easily see me. Yes, you you are around a corner making occasional <laughs> hmm noises. Uh, in 13. <laughs> okay. You reach in with the point of your sword and you try to wiggle the bolts out of its channel and you think you've got it out. And then the mechanism to reload it starts moving and reflex means you pull your sword away. Mm-hmm. And now there are two bolts loaded. Hmm. Like they're, they're neither of them quite perfectly in the channel, but because you'd started to move the one, the other one went, aha, I need to put a new bolt in it. Um, but it didn't fire. And because you were at sword's length, you're not hurt or anything. Yeah. I'm not quite, I'm not quite eager to try that again. But this is a ballista, so presumably it has some sort of like you know maneuvering handles on it, which is because you've got to because normally you would have a person aiming a ballista. Yeah, and, and given that this is is fixed in position, you would assume that there is some kind of latch or locking pin that's been set to keep it in place and not let it drift slowly down toward the floor. Yeah, I am actually at this point going to yell at the people who know more about stuff. And be like, hey, you can get right behind it, you know. There's someone who knows a bit more what they're doing. Want to come and have a have a look at the gubbins of it? Yeah. No, is it magical gubbins? I, I, uh, you'd know that. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> loading itself, but that might just be a spring. Okay. I'll tell you what. If I'll, um, I'll stay here and I'll keep an eye on the. On the magical guide wire, right, so are. I can tell you if it moves. Okay, I'll uh, I'll shuffle along to between yeah. the next two the next two ballista to give whoever is going to come and have a look more of a more of a look at it. I'll try to look, look at, at the mechanical stuff. Yeah. Okay. So Ember, can you roll me an investigation check, but add proficiency because you're dealing with mechanicals. Uh, that's a. 21. This is magic powered, which is why it's still going. But you understand enough of, of what's going on to be like, ah, yes, here's the thing that makes it automatically reload and retention itself. This is a ballista that's been modified to have a magically powered, like, tripwire mm-hmm. and to be left on its own for a long time. But yeah, fundamentally, it's a ballista. You understand how it works? It's a big crossbow. 
Is there any way that I can disable the mechanics of it, or does it need to be magically disabled? So the obvious way to disable it would be in some way to detach the string, the cord, mm -hmm. because that's what makes it fire. And if that isn't there, there's nothing to give it any force with which to fire. So it doesn't matter how often you pull the trigger, it isn't releasing anything. Mm -hmm. You also have the option of you could try and jam the trigger because you can see the trigger that is holding back the string. You could try to jam that. You could try to jam the channel down which the bolt gets fired, but that does have the chance that if it then gets fired, it might just bounce off, fly backwards and smack someone in the face. Okay. Um, I want to try uh, disconnecting the or, or cutting the cord if I can. Okay, it is under a lot of tension, and you mm. would know if you just cut it, both the cut ends are going to flail around wildly and sharply. Okay. Also, that was my first thought, and then I was like, well, this is a metal cord. I'm not right. sure. It's a good way to get to lose an eye when it snaps back, yeah. Not unless you want to get real up close and personal and use like a chisel and hammer on it, which I personally don't. I mean, what I was thinking before was if. I'm not sure how it's um, being held in place, but if we can get it out of place, we can point it at the wall. Mm. Oh, yeah, you, you rolled pretty high on your investigation. Sorry, I'd forgot that. Yes, you can, you can see a pair of locking pins. So there's, there's one um, swivel that lets it rotate in the horizontal plane, so from left to right, and that's got a pin dropped into it to hold it going straight. And there is another one that lets it pivot up and down, and that has another locking pin in it. And those look like look to you like ordinary mundane locking pins. They just are physical. There is a bit of metal through two holes to hold those swivels in a fixed position. And if you pulled them out, you could aim this ballista freely. Cool. Um, then I will take Trick's suggestion and uh, pull them out and point the ballista at the wall. Okay. I'm assuming you do this in, in such a way as at no point in its movement does it point at either Maynard or Rill? <laughs> yes. And if it <laughs> seems like it has to, I will tell them to move first. Yeah, it, you, it does not have to because once you've pulled both pins, you can basically point it at the floor as you rotate it so okay. that it doesn't... Nobody ends up directly in the line of fire and... Yeah. Yeah, you can point it sideways so it's pointing at the side wall of this rest chamber instead of across the road. Um, you do still have two more that you will want to deal with, but the first one, you feel reasonably confident that if somebody walked down the road past the first one, they wouldn't go through the magical tripwire or within the firing zone of the ballista. So either way, they'd probably be safe. Okay. Um, are the other two easy enough to do the same thing with? They they look to be identical. Yeah, they look to be the same mechanisms and, and the same the same machinery. Cool. And that is And you what have chosen I... like the least mechanically challenging way of disabling them, which is don't disable them, just aim them at something harmless. <laughs> so I don't I don't feel the need to make you roll because it's not like you're dismantling it. You are literally aiming it somewhere else. And you have the common sense to, you know, not casually point it at anyone while you're doing so. So unless you are attempting to murder any of your friends, I think you have uh, found a way to carefully and possibly with your breath held, 
not disable these in any way. Like these are still armed. They are still live. If someone walks in front of them, they're still going to go off. But they're currently pointing at a wall that no one should have to walk between them and the wall. And the road is clear. So, you know, to a first approximation, you've made them safe. For the record, once they are pointed at the wall, I am relocking them. Um, so Extra smart. Well done. Don't just like swing around in the breeze. Yeah. Yeah. As my major always told me, never point an arbalest at anything you do not intend to shoot. <laughs> so do I see that the magical guide wire sort of move towards the wall? Yeah, the magical. Um, what, what it's basically the magical equivalent of an infrared laser. Yeah. Um, and it, it appears to be fixed along the firing line of the ballista. So as Ember is turning them, the line is also moving, like tracking with the the nose of the ballista. I give a big sigh of relief as the last one swings <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> it's all clear. We can walk, walk and walk past. All right. That's good. Might want to uh, wait till the next rest stop for a proper sit down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you proceed another half a mile, which is about the distance that makes you feel safe from magically armed ballista, and uh, catch your breaths. Get over the adrenaline wobbles of having had a close encounter with siege weaponry. Your characters will take a break, we will take a break, and then we will come back for further adventures on the road. Hey. You've been listening to Come Out and Play, an all-trans real play project. You can check us out at comeoutandplay.games or follow us on Twitter at CAOPcast. And remember, if you enjoy our show, please share it with your friends. And if you don't enjoy our show, please share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is our best way to grow. I always have to bite back the uh, thank you 35.